It is Friday, December 30th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. The Cowboys win on Thursday Night Football. And Bowl Mania continues. Here it comes. The Vegas Troop. This is Straight out of Vegas. For the final time in 2022, we are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. This is it, our final show of 2022, as it is Friday, December 30th. So here's what you need to know to end your year. Dallas Cowboys 27, Corpse of the Tennessee Titans 13. College bowl games continue with five more bowl games today. And the college football playoff kicks off this weekend. What is the Vegas lead? The Vegas lead is going to be the preseason game that we saw last night between the Cowboys (laughs) and the Titans. I say preseason because that's exactly the way that the Titans treated this game, AJ. You mentioned the score 27-13 was the final. Tennessee had absolutely nothing to play for in this game besides staying healthy for their final game of the regular season. And when it was announced that Derrick Henry was out, no one gave this team a chance to compete. And especially when they said that Josh Dobbs was starting at quarterback, this was no quarterback drama between Josh Dobbs and Malik Willis. This was, we're saving Malik Willis. We can't let Malik for the Willis final game hurt. of the season. Exactly. Because the truth is your, your hope is Malik Willis can quarterback for you in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And this was this was not like an audition or any kind of controversy, like you said. This was, hey, we've got to protect our asset. This was, the the Titans literally treated this game like a preseason game. Traylon Burks was probably on the field a little more than he would have been in a preseason game. Uh-huh. That's about it. Yep. Uh, it, it, this was this was just a. I mean, it was them trying to because this game mattered zero, zero to the Titans. It's very rare that a game in Week 17 matters zero to a team that isn't 15 and one, and, and that's not mathematically eliminated because they need to play. They need they can win the division, not just make the playoffs. They can win the division no matter what happened last night. All that matters is a win next week. This is old school. The Titans were able to rest their players in Week 17 because for the Titans. Week 18 is the start of the playoffs. Yeah. From from now on, it's a playoff you, game. you lose mm-hmm. a game Good and point. you go home. So next week's game against the Jaguars is a playoff game. They said, well, we've, we've reached that point. We know we're in the playoffs. All we got to do is rest everybody, be ready to go next week. And that's how they treated it. So good on them. And it looked about, exa- about what you'd expect it to look like. I will say this. The Titans competed better than I thought they would, mm-hmm. and the Cowboys well, yeah, are still those, very mistake those players prone. that are on the field. They're they're trying to impress. They're trying to get jobs. Yeah. So clearly they're going to play hard. Josh Dobbs is trying to be a quarterback in this league. He's going to play hard. Hassan Haskins is trying to get touches in games. Of course he's going to run the ball hard, and all the linemen. Everyone's going to block hard. People are trying to get playing time. Well, the uh, the the Cowboys made some crucial mistakes. Some some bonehead plays. I swear Dak Prescott has more balls go off his receivers' hands that end up as interceptions than any quarterback. Is that a problem with the way he throws a football? I, I don't think so. I think it's not, not I, tight enough spirals. McKenzie would know. Is that, is that what we would call turn bad turnover luck, McKenzie? I would say one of his turnovers today was purely accidental. Hit off. 
Yeah. Two people's stomachs. The other one is a turnover-worthy play. I, I, I would assess. I agree with that. But I feel like this is probably like the fourth or fifth time in the last three or four weeks that he's had an interception that went that had no business being an interception. Mm. Feels like it's a it's a once a game thing for Dak now. Uh, but he does throw two touchdown passes, throws for two hundred and eighty two yards. Uh, Tony Pollard didn't suit up for this game. No need. Um, Zeke Elliott played sparingly. This was the Cowboys were also making business decisions. Malik Davis uh, got ten carries, thirty nine yards. Zeke had thirty. Or he had he had thirty nine yards on nineteen carries. So when he was out there, he wasn't super super effective. Uh, but he did have a touchdown. Ceedee Lamb was the the star for the Cowboys. Eleven uh, receptions for a hundred yards. And for the Titans, it was about what you'd expect. Josh Dobbs really until the fourth quarter was playing mistake-free football, throws a bad pick late in the game, That re- in, in, really in a situation where the Titans were still in the game. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he throws that pick, they're no longer in the game. But credit to the Titans who fought, because this was a a game that was 17-13 going into the fourth quarter. Yep. And I don't think anybody saw that coming. Um, there was probably a lot of people who had Dallas first half, and it was 10-6 at halftime. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... This was one of those games also where it basically Vegas knew uh, the total in this game was about 40. The the spread was about 14. Game ends 27-13, 40 minus yeah, 14. We, yep. we closed 13 and a half <laughs> and 40 and a half. Okay. So this was one of those games right where and we've talked we talk about the Dumbo teaser on uh, on these primetime games. Whatever Dumbo teaser you chose, teasing the aside with a total tonight or last night, you were a winner. We we call that the four-way winner. The four-way Dumbo teaser (laughs) winner. Uh, So now, as you know, for the the Titans, very meaningful game next week in Jacksonville. For the Cowboys, less meaningful game uh, at the Commandos. Is it a less meaningful game, though? Because what if... The Eagles lose this week. Then the Cowboys, do they have a chance to win the division? Uh, they have a chance. The Cowboys, the Eagles would have to lose both games. That's what I'm saying. So if the Eagles lose this Sunday, then next week the Cowboys have something to play for. My, my favorite play this week is the Eagles, the Eagles over the Saints. Yeah. So I'm just going to assume <laughs> next week is a meaningless game okay. against the Washington Commandos. <laughs> uh, but you're right. I mean, technically – Technically, there is a chance. There's a percentage chance. About a four percent chance that the Cowboys win the division. So you're saying, so you're there's, saying a chance. there's a chance. One in twenty-five. But the the Cowboys, uh, in the in the worst case scenario, the Dallas Cowboys are locked into the top wild card spot. Yes. So they are uh, either they'll either be at Tampa Bay or at Carolina or. So you're saying there's a chance. They're saying there's a chance. At New Orleans. <laughs> yeah. Or hell, home for the home for the game. You never or know. home if they somehow win the game. If they're very, very fortunate. <laughs> yeah. So uh but that that's what you got to look forward to for these two teams. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. I want to start with the Jacksonville Jaguars, AJ, because we talked about how this game last night meant nothing for the Tennessee Titans, and they approached it that way. Is it a similar situation for the Jaguars, who are four-point favorites on the road in Houston, at 7-8 and eight in the AFC playoff picture, 
Do, do they have a chance at a wild they card? They have still? a McKenzie. Am I am I correct? They have a one percent chance at a wild card spot, I believe, which means they're in a different situation than the Titans were. One percent is one percent. But it's one percent more than zero. But if you're Jacksonville, what do, you, do you take a chance at running, at having somebody get hurt in this game? If you have a lead at halftime, does Trevor Lawrence play the second half? Probably not. So if the Jaguars beat the Texans and then lose, we don't know any result of any other game. They have a, still have a ten percent chance to make the playoffs. All right, so versus ten, zero if they lose to the Texans, then well, lose to the yeah, Titans. sure. Okay, so ten percent is ten percent. Then yeah, yeah. I think they've, I think they've got to go out there and play hard. So you got to yeah. So and I think also. For Jacksonville, this game in particular means a lot because the Jags have been owned by the Texans. The Texans have been one of the worst franchises in football over the last five years. And somehow they own the Jags. Nine straight wins. Nine straight wins. 15 out of the last 17. Is that good? 20 out of the last 24. Is that good? That's really good. <laughs> um, and now here's the other side of that coin. By winning last week, by foolishly winning last week, the Texans put themselves in a position where they could win their way off the number one pick. Ooh. That would be a bozo move, in my yeah. opinion. Texans who clearly need a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Best way to get one, although, have the number one pick. Although if Chicago ends up with the number one pick, they're not taking a quarterback. They're not. But they will trade that pick to someone who wants a quarterback would be my best guess. And, and, all right, who's the quarterback needy teams that will be in a position to trade? Indianapolis Colts, for one, going to be right there. At, I mean, they're going to be real. They're probably, what, a top five pick? Well, That's what, a, what if they, they're in division. What if it's Derek Carr for the Indianapolis Colts? Could be. Then but, they don't have to draft a quarterback. But if you're the Colts and you can take away that option from the Texans, don't you want to do that? I, I guess, yeah. Uh, I, I just and the Texans. What good is Derek Carr going to do the Texans? I just think so, that roster. No, I just think sometimes useless. sometimes we say, oh, it's so simple. Just trade for this pick. Just trade for this pick. It's hard to come up with the compensation to make these trades. You when never gonna get fair value when there is a high end quarter. Who cares about fair value? Like, look at what the look at what the Forty ers gave up to get Trey Lance, the third pick. Well, Team, yeah, that was pointless. when you when you need a quarterback. You go out there and you try to get one, and every team believes that. Every team who doesn't have a quarterback also knows they desperately need one. So if the if the Texans wind up winning a game and the and they end up with the number two pick and the uh, and the Bears end up with the number one pick, what's to stop the Texans from moving up from two to one? Uh, there's nothing. And, and the Bears going from here, one to two. Here's the problem: the Texans need. Well, you're not gonna if you if you're looking at a team who doesn't need a quarterback. And you're the number two pick. You're you're not trading up to number two because they're fielding offers from teams who want to jump ahead of you. Sure. Yeah. So, but either way, I, I think the Texans. There's no incentive so for the Texans, Texans to are win. not trying to win these next two games. I, I mean, I think the Texans have been fighting hard, and I think the fact that they got a win looks good for Lovey Smith. I don't know if Lovey Smith will be back next year or not. I don't know if the plan was to keep him for more than a year. If they were not trying to win this game, we would have heard the announcement that Jeff Driscoll starting. I think you're probably right. But that would have been the announcement. Here's the this is the big jump that the Jags have made since they started out two and six. Since then, the Jags are second in the league in passing DVOA. This team is on fire throwing the football, and the Texans were able to beat the Titans because the Titans couldn't throw the ball at all. The Texans second, I mean, they're number three pick in the draft from last year. Derek Stingley's done for the year. Yeah. They're beat up in the secondary. They don't have any bodies back there. It's going to be a hard time for them against this Jags offense, in my opinion. 
I lean to the Jags here. Let's move on. The Falcons hosting the Cardinals. Three-point spread, total 42. Think I know where you're leaning on this one. You like Arizona. I, I, first, let's let's word that differently. I like Arizona more than I like uh, Atlanta right now. <laughs> I, I just think when you look at Desmond Ritter. I would agree. Colt McCoy, I think, is better. Colt McCoy is better than Desmond Ritter. Colt McCoy is better than Desmond Ritter. The the defense for the Cardinals is better than the defense for the Falcons. And you could have an inspired defense rallying around J.J. Watt. I agree this with final that. two games. And I think there's, I mean, well, we heard on our dream preview, there's differing thoughts of, of uh, or trains of thought on that. Like, R.J. looks at it as, you they know, the, the team's in. crumbling. Now our, our heart and soul's walking away. This sucks. Which, that, I mean, I don't know what the answer is. I'm not in the, in the locker room, not in their minds. No, Mackenzie said, Mackenzie, you watched that hard knocks in season, right? Yeah. And you said J.J. Watt gave like a big speech to the team. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of somber. They were just after a loss, and he said, uh, you know, you're playing for yourself and your contract, and this is the opposite of the time to pack it in. This is like the most important time. And a week later or so, he retired. But and, that, maybe there's another speech like that coming. He's motivating these guys. Maybe so. Here's what I do now. I, mean, I should say that like half the show is Vance Joseph just drooling over the work ethic of J.J. Watt. And, and it, <laughs> well, it, it, it could Don't you remember the first time that J.J. Watt was on Hard Knocks and it's like every scene was him flipping tires on the field? <laughs> That's what he does. Yeah. It, was like, no, it was like, nobody works harder than number 99. Are you hating on him? Is that what I'm <laughs> gathering here? Are you no, hating like on, that, on my guy? That's what Ray Donovan was doing on the voiceovers, was saying, <laughs> talking about J.J. Watt. Now, this line has gone to Arizona plus three and if you like Arizona plus three, it's even money. Like it, it, so, they're they they want you to take that. Uh, but either way, down from three and a half, down from four. When we talked about this for the contest, my thought was Trace McSorley it, it, or Colt McCoy's announced that he's going to play over Trace McSorley, and it moved from four to three and a half. That didn't feel like enough to me. I think three is more appropriate. I still like the Cardinals at three. I think three and a half is a very generous line, though. Yeah, uh, I look at this game and I just think that I can't lay it. I can't lay the points at you, all. You don't lay points with Desmond Ritter. I can't. I can't uh, lay it. Desmond Ritter with the worst defense in the league behind him. Who's laying points mm-hmm. here? And by the way, Cliff Kingsbury. I don't. Whatever you think of him, and I know there's a lot of people talking about his hot seat. I listen. Arizona's owner is one of the five least wealthy guys to own an NFL team. <laughs> He's not paying and for Cliff, to go away. Cliff yeah. is signed through 2027. Yeah. Cliff ain't going nowhere mm-hmm. this year, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But Cliff is 16 and 5 ATS in his career as a road underdog. That's a pretty good number. Yeah. That would be the only side for me to look at here is the Cardinals. We do have next full time head coach fired odds. Cliff Kingsbury's on the list. I won't give it away. You have any uh, guess who else might be there? Uh, so, One of these names really surprised me. Okay, coach of the year. So, oh, is it Stefanski uh, on that Stefanski list? Stefanski is third favorite at seven to one. So I mean, listen, wait, wait. Look, look at what his team's done this year compared to last year. They, I mean, he should be on some sort of a hot seat. It, Kingsbury's the first favorite. You said, yeah, he's the favorite at minus two hundred. Lovey Smith, who you guys discussed, plus two hundred. Then Stefanski seven to one. Dennis Allen fourteen to one. Uh, Josh McDaniel sixteen to one. Todd Bowles eighteen to one. Yeah, that seems about accurate. Yeah, Bowles and McDaniel's both seem that that's about right. Uh, no, no mention of Dennis Allen. Yeah, he said Dennis Allen. Oh, he did say. Yep. Okay, sorry, I, I misheard yep. you. Okay, 
Well, there you go. All right, next. Well, Dennis Allen gets fired when Sean Payton comes back and says, I want my old office. That That's a good possibility. Yeah. You've got Sean Payton going everywhere, though. I don't know. I told you it's the, the, the whole – if the Chargers aren't happening – then well, yeah, but you already told me it was it was happening. Well, they keep winning. Well, yeah, they got a pretty good player. <laughs> They're if you supposed heard. to lose. If you haven't heard, they've got a pretty good player. Those Cleveland Browns, Stefanski's Cleveland Browns, plus two. They stink at the Commandos. Welcome back, Carson Wentz. Listen, I think this is a good thing for the Commanders switching back to Wentz. I get that the locker room likes Heineke, but they all what do you more than hey we really like this guy is. Hey, we really want to win and yeah. hit the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And Wentz is their best hope for that. Rivera couldn't he couldn't bench Heineke when Wentz came back from injury. No, they'd, they were they'd won yeah. five out of the yep. six games with Heineke. Now they're one, two, and one since then. They've fallen from nearly locked into a playoff spot to clawing for one. They need something to happen. Wentz gives them an option to use more play action and hit deep shots. And that just wasn't available to them with Heineke. I think it helps that Robinson has been so good as of late. That'll help Wentz. And remember when Wentz stunk early in the year, he didn't have Robinson because yeah. Robinson was recovering from from getting shot. Uh, so I think having a running game is going to make him even stronger. The Browns are a disaster on both sides. Well, I talked about this with RJ on the Dream Preview. It's that RJ Bell Dream Crusher scenario. Brown's season is over now. Eliminated from playoff contention last week, an embarrassing loss at home where everything was in your favor with the lake effect and whatever. And you couldn't get the job done. This team has stunk with Deshaun Watson at quarterback. You got a banged up Nick Chubb. I don't know how motivated this team's going to be to go on the road and play against a very physical commander's team. The advanced and underlying metrics all say the Browns are playing really well since Deshaun got back. But the raw numbers say Mm -hmm. the Browns are scoring nine and a half points per game with Deshaun Watson playing quarterback. That's unsustainable. And when your run defense is the worst run defense in the entire league, it's unsustainable. Uh, it's commanders are bust for me. Yeah, I, 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 commanders were, I think, my one weight this week on the Dream Pod. So absolutely, I, I, I'm very anti this Browns team right now. Let's look at the Miami Dolphins. Sure. Plus three juiced at the Patriots. Uh, and Teddy covers. Not so much anymore. I, I don't know. This this is one of the toughest games for me to call because, in a way, I think there's been an overreaction to the Tua news because before we knew Tua was knocked out of this game, this was like Dolphins minus two and a half yeah. or, or minus three. And now we're getting all the way to Patriots minus three. Is Tua worth that? Like, uh, I get, was Tua in week eight worth that? Probably yes. so. Yes. Tua for the last four weeks has stunk. I would agree. So how how much of a drop-off could there possibly be from the tour that we've seen for the last month to Teddy Bridgewater? It's just because Teddy didn't look good when he played this year, earlier. And if you looked at his history as on the road and as the road as a road underdog, you're like, man, the Dolphins are the side to pick here. 24 and 7 ATS on the road, 20 and 4 ATS as a road underdog, but not as of late. He's lost four of his last five against the spread, Teddy Bridgewater, as a starting quarterback. So he's not the same guy that he was. And I don't know if this offense operates the same way that it was earlier this year with Tua. I don't know that it does either. All I know is the Dolphins still have their two playmakers on the field, and the Patriots do not have the personnel to cover them. But the Patriots do 
find ways to generate turnovers and they score that is true. and they score points on defense too. They don't just get take the ball, they well, score. They have to because yeah. Mac Jones can't store. Like I don't know if Mac Jones is significantly better than Teddy Bridgewater at this point. So I don't like the idea of laying points with the Patriots. It just doesn't feel good. This prob- If I get a, a clean plus three, not like a juiced plus three, okay. if I get a minus 110 plus three, I may be on the Dolphins. As it stands now, this is this is a stay away from me. Let's, let's try to find you a clean three. Let's see what we have. Uh, Miami. Mm, no, you're not going to find it, are you? No. I got even money on plus, some plus threes. You want that? You want even money on plus three? I would take even money plus three. All right. You got Circa uh, circa in the Westgate. Really? I'm seeing. Actually, no. That's on the minus, minus three. Is even yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. You're so getting you, juiced you're, on the plus juicing, three. Yeah. All right. So. I get you a good, uh, good number on the. Uh, on the two and a half, but that doesn't, I'm, that, that's that not doesn't, what I'm looking for. Do any good. <laughs> All right, let's look at the Indianapolis Colts plus five and a half against your New York Football Giants. And I'll be honest, this dead team walking. This is your. I mean, are you talking about the Colts? Yeah, yeah, they're a dead team walking. I agree with that. That said, and you're, this is a theme of the show. Do I want to be laying five and a half, six points with Daniel Jones at home? I don't think I do. I I would because I don't know how the Colts score. This Giants defense has been very good. This is going to be a rain game, so I don't think the passing game is going to work. I don't and think the Colts are going to try to pass. All right, well, good luck. The, the Giants don't stop the run. And and even like you, the Giants or the uh, the Colts didn't have uh, they didn't have Taylor a week ago. Guess what? Still average five yards per carry on the ground. Like they. I, I think the I think the Colts can have some success on the ground, and the Giants just don't run away from. First of all, Giants home unders. Daniel Jones, seventy yeah. percent to the under at home in his career. This game is it's thirty eight points is the total. I, I I don't know. I just can't see the Giants getting margin here. I I don't believe in them. It, it, like to the point. I'm not saying the Giants stink. The Giants are clearly better than the Colts. Yeah. But I don't. The Giants aren't the kind of team I want to lay almost a touchdown with. It's but crazy. Last week, the Giants against the Vikings offense, which is much, much Miles better. better. Yes, they held Dalvin Cook to sixty-four yards. He didn't score a touchdown. Justin Jefferson did his thing, one hundred and thirty-three yards and a touchdown. T.J. Hawkinson, one hundred and nine yards and two touchdowns. But that's it. And, and and the Giants were in that game. The whole game, Daniel Jones threw for three hundred and thirty-four yards. Saquon ran for eighty-four and a touchdown. Where was that game at? It was indoors in Minnesota. Okay. This is now at home in the rain. I'm just saying, do, do the Giants typically play well at home? The answer is no. I think they're going to run all over this Colts team. I, okay. think the Colts, I think the Colts want no business in this, uh, in, in this physical type of game. All right. The Denver Broncos, plus, the corpse of the Denver Broncos, plus 12 and a half at the Kansas City Chiefs. And... This is a spot where normally, oh, I'd love you, to get me some Bronco. Oh, that's what I was going to ask you. Do you? We talked. We we talked about this on the Dream Pod a little bit. Do you think the Broncos get the fired coach boost for this one week? I think the big question is, or is it too late in the season? It, this is the question to me. D- when the Broncos' defense quit last week against the Rams, and I think it's clearly quit. A, a team that has been that dominant on defense for that to happen for fifty-one points to go up against them. By the Baker Mayfield Rams, yeah. I think the only thing that you can you can put together is they quit. Yeah, 
because they every game the defense had kept them in up until that point. The question becomes, did the defense quit on Nathaniel Hackett or did the defense quit on Russell Wilson? And I think this week will give you a really good answer to that question. I think there's a real disconnect between Russell Wilson and this team. You saw it happen when backup quarterback Brett Rippon is fighting with the offensive line because Rippon allegedly is defending Russell Wilson. I don't think Brett Rippon would win that fight. No, of course not. So (laughs) I think there's a real disconnect with this team. Maybe the interim coach pulls it together for two weeks, but I just don't see it happening. I think it gets uglier from here. I think this is a Chiefs runaway blowout victory. Mahomes in his career, 40% ATS when laying more than seven points. The Chiefs had failed to cover five straight games before covering against Seattle last week. You always pay a, a Chiefs tax. I think now... You're paying even more of a Chiefs tax because of all the turmoil with Denver. Yeah. The question is, is is it enough of a tax? Look, I, I don't have a great feel for it. Think about this. The Cowboys were just, what, 13.5-point favorites on the road in this game on Thursday Night Football last night against the Titans. I think the Chiefs, who offensively are better than the Cowboys, going up against the Broncos, who, yes, are not treating it like a preseason game like the Titans are, but are worse offensively than the Titans and are collapsing because the season is over for them. I think, if anything, the Chiefs should probably be a similar type of heavy favorite against the against the, the Broncos. Mac, you've got some data on coaches fired late in the season? Yeah. Last week, second to last week, penultimate last week, as we like to say, new coach, first-time interim coach after coach is fired, 3-1 ATS plus 9 ATS margin. 27 points, Vegas was wrong. Counting out teams like the Broncos. I am not going to put money on it myself, but there's the numbers. Three and one, whatever that's worth. When's the last time this happened? 2016. Uh, Was that Anthony Lynn with the Bills? I think it was, and that was a loss. That was the one loss in our four-game sample here. All right, I have a better way to bet this then. We look at the Broncos team total. Oh, that was was Rex Ryan in 2016, yeah. Oh, was it Rex Ryan out? Yeah, Rex Ryan out. Leaving? Yeah, okay. Yeah. I I think we look at the Broncos team total. Because if you don't think this team is going to quit, I don't know if they cover, but they'll score 16 points. Okay. Yeah. 30 to 16 final, something like that. I could see something like that happening. Their team total is 15 and a half. And by the way, I think they're not going to quit. They should score two touchdowns and a field goal. Russ has to. Russ has to do something in these last two weeks to take some of the bad taste out of Broncos right. fans. If anybody mouth. can't quit. Yeah, he offense. has to fight harder and, than and, anybody. And you saw what they did the last time they played the Chiefs a couple of weeks ago. They scored 28 points. Yeah. Which is like a that's like a high for them. And is that their season high, actually? Might be a record. Yeah. And, that and, their, uh, wait, that is their season high. And 28 points. Jerry wow. Judy, I, I don't know if you guys saw this t- uh, yesterday. Jerry Judy had come out. And he had defended. And he said, let's ride. Well, <laughs> he defended Russ, called him a good teammate. Uh, and Yeah, he wants the ball. Uh, He's probably got contract incentives. I got to start I got to start doing all that stuff. He said, I've never had a teammate who motivated me more than Russ. Three goes above and beyond to do whatever it takes to win for the team. Media's trying to make it seem like something it ain't. Y'all don't know what's going on in the locker room. I'm just tired of reading things about my boy, making it seem like, oh, he's not a good teammate. 
unnecessary stuff that's not true. And P.S. Let's ride. Let's ride. Broncos country. Let's ride. I think Broncos team total is the way to play the game. And by the way, McKenzie, you were right. I, I was thinking about the coach that got fired, but Anthony Lynn took over for the last game when Rex Ryan did get fired. So you were you were right saying Anthony Lynn because he was the interim who took over in the last and week. got blowed out by the Jets. Yeah, it didn't work out so well for him. Uh, and, and listen, Anthony Lynn it's, it hasn't quite panned out for Anthony Lynn as a head coach anyway. He works so. for the 49ers. Do you know that? I did not know that. What's he doing for him? I think he's the uh, – man, I should know this. I think he's the running backs coach or the I, running back uh, running game coordinator. I think like Anthony Lynn is probably one of those guys who's a really good coach when he's doing anything but being a head coach. There's a lot of those guys. Yeah. Oh, and absolutely. And there's current and I, head coaches that are those I'm, guys. I'm almost convinced Josh McDaniels is like the king of that mountain of guys who uh, – I might, I might say Todd Bowles. Okay, because yeah, it's interesting. We've had we, we've had a, a nice resume of Todd Bowles as a head coach with the Jets. Now we're seeing it in one year here with the Bucks. But Todd Bowles is one of the most respected respected defensive coordinators in all of football. But as a head coach, not just can't cut it. Yeah, not so seventy percent to win the division in his first year. Yeah, how dare you? Speaking <laughs> of him, the Panthers are plus well, three. We're going to win the division. The Bucks are minus three, minus one twenty. So a juiced three. Uh, Someone's been listening to the dream preview. RJ's five star play. Yeah, they, they're they're, they're my taking... five star was the reverse. I'm on the Panthers. Yeah, this is interesting. Someone's been listening to the dream preview. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll let, since you're so strong on this, I'll I'll let you give your side. Uh, I just think that the Panthers over the last couple of weeks have been trending upwards, while the Bucks have been trending downwards. I don't trust this Bucks team as far as I can throw them. I would not lay any points with this team right now. They are with Tom Brady at quarterback. Think about it. The greatest of all time in their last 13 games with this man at quarterback, the Bucs are 1-11-1 against the spread. Oof. They have failed to cover the spread this season by a an NFL worst 6.2 points per game. Yeah. The, I wouldn't be surprised if they win this game by Tom Brady engineering a last-minute drive and Ryan Suckup kicking a game-winning field goal, and they win by one or two. But I would I, I, that that would surprise me less than if they were to win this game convincingly because they have not been able to do it this season. And Bucks are they're not scoring their team totals this year, thirteen and two to the under. If you've been betting Bucks team total unders, you have made a lot of money this NFL season. The Panthers' running game is so strong. I think they run all over this Bucks team with their two-headed monster in the backfield. And Sam Darnold's actually been decent. Sam Darnold, this number shocked me. Since Sam Darnold took over in Week 12, Carolina number one in passing DVOA. And it's by a mile. Because they're like running, the, the, ball, they're running the ball so well, it's opening things up for the passing Yeah, game. and it's, he's not doing a lot, but he's not screwing things up. And he up. doesn't have to do a lot. When you're running the ball as well as they are, and teams have to put eight in the box, it's allowing you to pick apart the coverage. I think the question becomes, can are they going to be able to run the ball against Tampa like that? And the strength of Tampa's defense... Is, uh, it's a relative strength now because Tampa's not as good defensively as they have been in the last several years, but it's still the run. Uh, so if they force it to be a Sam Darnold game, eh, I'm not thrilled about it. This game's a stay away for me. I, I've, I don't have a, a great feel for it I, one way or the other. The Detroit Lions, the Motor City Kitties, as some people would call them, six-point favorites hosting 
the Chica- the monsters of the midway, some people would call them, the Chicago Bears. It's going to be a blowout. The Lions are the highest scoring team in the NFL at home. Over 32 points per game they score at home. And the Bears, over the past several weeks, all they've been doing is allowing teams to score over 30 points against them. 32.6 points per game during their eight-game losing streak. That's how much the Bears allow. Uh, This game is an over game. I understand it's a very high total. Is it the highest total of the week? I believe so. 52? Yeah. It's going to go over. The Bears are 9-2 to the over in their last 11 games. And if you just look at how many points the Lions average at Ford Field and you compare it to how many points the Bears give up, there, of course, this game is going over. Uh, highest total I, by three points. Next highest is Monday Night Football, 49 and a half, Bills Bengals. Yeah, I, I think this game goes over. I think the Lions win big. This this wouldn't be surprising me if it's like a 40, 20 something, 40 something, 20 something type game. Uh, it's, it's a chance for us to bounce back on the Lions. You see, I didn't like backing the Lions when the whole world was on the Lions. Yeah. Now that they got brought back down to earth last week and they got ran all over by the Carolina Panthers, people are going to back off the Lions. Now I'm going to jump on the Lions. And the Lions, because, like, the whole Dan Campbell thing and biting kneecaps and, like, I do like their mentality. They seem like they never quit. Coming off a loss in this situation where they're, like, they're almost out, I I expect, like, max effort from them. So I'm, I'm with you on the Lions. Plus, Justin Fields didn't run the ball a lot last week. And maybe that's by design. Don't get him hurt. Exactly. Well, and here's the thing. The Lions are so bad against the pass, but you don't really worry about that much against the Bears. Like, okay, if Justin be- if Justin Fields beats us with his arm, keep in mind, we shouldn't was, be in the playoffs anyway. That was a close game between the Bears and Buffalo yeah. until the end when Buffalo put two late touchdowns up. You would have expected more running. Seven carries for 11 yards? You would have expected more running. Uh, I I think that they have told him to kind of, you know, let's let's be careful. Like Fez says, (laughs) let's be careful out there. Eagles, six-and-a-half-point favorites hosting the Saints. And here's what I'll say. I, I think we're getting a discount on the Eagles based on last week's result. I mean, a game they should have won? A game they should have won and lost. Not only lost but didn't cover, and, I, I, you know, I think people are like, well, Gardner Minshew, backup quarterback. Gardner oh, Minshew's good. Gardner Minshew is really good, and uh, the, the Eagles had some really bad turnover. We talked about Dak earlier. Like, Minshew had two, two interceptions that were basically, like, just yanked out of his receiver's hands, like bullied. And here's the deal. The Cowboys create more turnovers than anyone in the league. The Saints create the fewest amount of turnovers in the league, I don't think we're going to see four turnovers from the Eagles again in this game. Uh, And the Saints have yet to beat a good team this year. The Saints wins Atlanta, Seattle, Vegas, Rams, Browns. They've already lost to the Matt Rule-led Carolina (laughs) Panthers. They they lost to Arizona on the road, which is almost impossible. They lost by double digits at Pittsburgh. They can lose by a touchdown at Philly. By the way, you see Jalen Hurts practicing? Yeah. I, I, that's the other side. It's all it's a free roll. Yeah. Like if Jalen Hurts plays, who's who's not going to bet the the Eagles minus six and a half if, if Jalen Hurts plays? Don't don't you think that this is the Eagles saying we would love to be in a situation to not play Week Seventeen? Sure. Well, in week, week eighteen to 
rest guys in week 18 to then have a double buy essentially because they'll have the week 18 off. They'll take the buy that they get by being the number one overall seed and allow Jalen Hurts and everybody else and Lane Johnson even to heal up and get ready for the playoffs. I think that they look at this game as their opportunity to earn that double buy. Mac, what was the, uh, the turnover luck for the Eagles last week? Negative nine, they were unlucky. It all boils down to this, really. They had one turnover-worthy pass and negative 10 turnover points just from that pass, so that hurts. Yeah, brutal. Uh, Here's the other thing about this game. If Philly wins, they lock up the one seed. Yes. The other motivation is they own the Saints' first-round draft pick. So every loss that the Saints accumulate is a better better draft pick for the Eagles. Uh, that is, that's winning both ways, friends. That's eaten from both sides. Uh, 49ers, nine and a half point favorite. Boy, someone said, you know what? I'm going to buck back. After it got up to 10, they said, I'm going to push a little bit in on the Raiders here. Yeah, Jared Stidham loved Niners minus nine and a half at the Raiders. Here's what I'll say about this. I think if, I don't think the Raiders care at all about winning anymore. Like this is a, a, a sure sign they don't. You don't put a, a young quarterback, a, a, a guy making the first start of his career on the field against the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> this defense has been making experienced quarterbacks look like dummies. Yeah. This is a disaster waiting to happen. The 49ers are the second best run defense per DVOA. So you're saying, okay, if you're the Niners, you're saying we're taking away Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Now what do you do? Jared Stidham. You're putting in Jared Stidham's hands? Good job. Good good luck. Good luck. And Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy's looked really good against defenses far better than the Raiders. Vegas, 32nd DVOA against the pass. I don't love the idea of laying 10 point, nine and a half, 10 points on the road with a rookie quarterback. Although this this is going to be a very pro 49ers crowd. I agree with that. I, I mean... I don't think it. I think it'll be less Raiders fans than normal at the game. Yes, but either way, it, it does feel a little icky. A guy making his fourth start, laying nine and a half points on the road. Sure. I don't love that feeling, but I'd like I'd, if if you put a gun to my head and said, "Hey, pick one side or the other," I, I'll put my chips on Brock Purdy's uh, on his slot instead of Jarrett Stidham's. No thanks. How about 49ers team total over twenty six and a half? That feels uh, that feels almost like free money. But honestly, what's the the Raiders team total? Fifteen and a half. That's what I'd rather. The Raiders aren't scoring sixteen points against this team. So under fifteen this and a half is, of the Raiders. I, I think the 49ers are the best defense in the league. Well, you don't you don't have to think that you they, know they are yeah, they are. <laughs> and Mackenzie, you said Debo's practicing. Yes, Debo at practice yesterday, and I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they put him out there for a couple plays just to get that engine you know geared up. God, they're going to blow this team out. I think so. I don't yeah. see them allowing a point in this game. I, it's, now, it's, now, it's now 8 0 ATS uh, or since uh, Christian McCaffrey? 7 and 1, those damn Chargers. 7 and 1. 8 0 eight, 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 straight up, 7 yes. and 1 ATS. I'm telling, I've said this every week for a while now, and I'm just going to keep saying it until I'm wrong. And then when I'm wrong, RJ will just blame McKenzie anyway. <laughs> The 49ers are going to the Super Bowl. This is the best team in the NFC. And I re- I know the Eagles are good. And I'm not this is not to discount the Eagles, but the gap between the Eagles and the 49ers defensively, the gap between the 49ers and everybody in the NFC defensively is so wide. Listen, we already know what's gonna happen. Tom Brady's gonna beat the 49ers in the playoffs. No, he's not. 
It's gonna he's be Tom, not, Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Rockford. Tom Brady will. He's going to lose by a hundred, <laughs> and then next year he might play for the 49ers. And so you think he beats the Cowboys? Uh, do I? Do I think yeah, uh, Tom Brady beats the Cowboys? Yeah, I mean, because I think you'd. I don't. I think you'd have to beat the Cowboys to play the 49ers. Yes, they I would. Mean, yes, they yeah. Would. yeah. This. This. I can see it. I can honestly see it. They, actually, <laughs> I, actually, I think they'd have to be. It would have to be an NFC Championship game. Hell yeah! You know, they'd beat the Cowboys, and then they would have to play. Then they have to play the, the one. They have to play the Eagles. Yeah, because they're still wild yeah. card. So yeah, that, I, and then they'd have to play the 49ers in the NFC Championship. Assuming yeah. the higher seeds win, yeah. I will say this: the most likely game for Tom Brady to beat the 49ers would be the NFC Championship yes. game. Yes. I'd give him a better chance in the NFC Championship than in the first round of the playoffs. Agreed. Absolutely. But yeah. Yeah. Either way, I I fully believe this: the 49ers are the best team in the NFC, and I don't think again until they until someone knocks them out of the playoffs. You can't tell me otherwise, and I'll I'll look like an ass, but I'll just say that's McKenzie's team, and I'll blame it all on him. All right, put your money up. <laughs> Next game, the Jets one and a half point favorites, or you can get a, a very juiced one on the Jets at Seattle. Uh, I like the Jets here, yeah. and yeah, we do. The uh, to me, it's a, a lot of this is about the upgrade from from Zach Wilson to Mike White. It's all about and Mike White. the Jets defense is going to dominate this game. All they need is competent play at quarterback. And Mike White, thus far this year, has gotten he's given them competent play at quarterback. The one game where he wasn't really competent was the Bills game where he was just getting drilled the entire time. And I like that's the first time in a long time I've legitimately felt bad for an NFL football player. Mm. Like when he he got hit once and he laid on the ground and his legs were kicking yeah, like a like yeah. a like a toddler throwing yes. a fit. He was in pain. And I was like, oh, this dude that like they folded him in half. It was like the Simpsons meme where it's like, stop, stop. He's dead already. Yeah. Like, I, that's how I felt about Mike White. But the Seahawks defense is not going to do anything like that to to the Jets. I just I can't see how it happens. The Seattle offense has fallen off the map in the last several weeks. Kenneth Walker was limited at practice uh, on Thursday, yesterday. Geno has one game in the last six games where his QBR broke 60. It does he had seem five like of those games it, in the first nine. Yeah, it does seem like they have uh, turned back into a pumpkin. That's what I said in the Dream Pod. It seems yeah. like it's over for them. This is supposed to be the Geno revenge game. Sorry, Geno. I, I don't think it happens. I think it goes to show you preseason expectations. This was a five-and-a-half win team. And we kind of said, okay, they're six and yeah. three. They're going to make the playoffs. And, and really, like, it's a six-and-a-half win team. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, like— when you and let, do we all agree the Seahawks are not a, a a really talented team? Like I think I think Pete Carroll's should be in the conversation for Coach of the Year. I know he won't be, but yeah. to do what he did with that sure. roster is impressive. But they've fallen off too far. Too, I agree too much. But the, it, had he made the playoffs with this roster though, it'd be like yes. what? Yeah. I mean, think about it. they shipped out Bobby. We- they, everybody who was good, they're like mm-hmm. beat it, get out of here, get out of here, and they were still competitive at least for a while. This I mean, is, they are competitive. They got a you know twenty five percent chance to make the playoffs. You're right. This, but this is not a ta- a, a talented enough team to be a good football team. Can and we, can we talk about Coach of the Year for a second? Because I know Nick Sirianni is the favorite, and Eagles finished with the one seed. It's going to be really hard to not give Nick Sirianni the Coach of the Year. But McKenzie, wouldn't you say that playing the bulk of your season? with a third-string quarterback after your first-string quarterback went down and then your second-string quarterback went down and you finish with, at the worst, the three-seed in the NFC, maybe even the two-seed, 
Doesn't Kyle Shanahan deserve to be coach of the year? Yes, and the odds have reflected that uh, truth. He's now second favorite at plus 275. One more thing. He lost maybe one of the better offensive coordinators in the game in Mike McDaniel. Yes. He gets Brian Greasy, an ESPN analyst who never coached a day in his life, and he's coaching up Brock Purdy, and they're, you know, Impatico or whatever, and they're winning games. Yeah, I think he deserves a consideration. I think he do- he deserves consideration, but I I'd be I'd be playing both sides of the fence if I didn't point out that he has the best non-quarterback roster in the league. Like this, this coach him up. Debo is a third round pick. He's a, he, Kittle is a third. Round I agree, pick. but and not only did they have the best non-quarterback roster in the league coming into the year, maybe Buffalo you could have put in that conversation too, but then they added Christian McCaffrey on top of it. He's got he was good previously. I've heard. Yeah, he yeah. was pretty. I don't think Kyle right, had to so coach John, him up too so much. John Lynch wins executive of the year. I, maybe so. I I really think. And well, I don't, if the Lions make the playoffs, Dan Campbell might be coach of the year. I'm with you. I think Sirianni ends up being coach of the year. Yeah, clearly. If they, but they, I think Kevin O'Connell, who's taken a team. No, that, forget that. Vikings stink. You're so dumb. You're you're like one of these parrots. You're just like RJ and Fez. But they're twelve and three. They've had losing seasons the last two years. You don't go twelve and three if you stink, like a, a rookie head coach. So I saw this. I saw this um, post the other day. What's McKenzie? Can you look that up? Record for wins for a rookie head coach. Yep. Yeah. What would it be? Record for for rookie head coach. Yeah. Like what's yeah, the, what's probably, some, well? No, it's um, Matt Lafleur. How many did he have? Thirteen. Thirteen wins. Okay. Thirteen and th- three straight Jim years. Caldwell. Fourteen wins in his first year. Ooh, okay. Oh well, he took over. He took over Tony Dungy's Colts. He's tied with George Seifert, my man. Gave Uncle Mike a shot. Offensive coordinator. Uh, he won fourteen games and the Super Bowl in his first year. Well, there you go. So, so I, all it takes is either having Joe Montana or Peyton Manning, is what you're saying. Exactly. Ke- Kevin O'Connell's yeah, doing really this. With, the key to coaching. Most Kevin O'Connell's doing this with Kirk Cousins. Let's think about future that. Future Hall of Famer Kirk Cousins, <laughs> State Legend. Kirk Boy, Cousins. I don't know. I could say Future Chicago Hall guy. of Famer without spitting my water out. <laughs> so I, I saw this. I saw this post, and I mean, I, I'd love to attribute it to where I saw it, but I, I can't find it. I'm trying to do a little Google just work, and I can't it. find right. it, so I'm just going to steal it. But anyway, um, if you took every NFL game and every NFL one score game this year, right, mm-hmm. and reverse the outcome, okay. The Vikings would have the worst record in the NFL. Okay. That surprised me. I would have thought the Giants, actually. No. But when you're taking, like, an eight-point win and saying they should have lost. But you're be... you're the guy. You can't be this because you were the guy that was saying the Giants can't stink. Look what they're – they just win. But yeah. when it's the Vikings, you're like, no, they stink. Like, all, the Giants were winning all those one-score games. That's why I gave out a massive play on the Giants against the Vikings yeah. last week, and they covered. Yeah, they are the, they are the same they team. They should have won. The, the Giants are Walmart Vikings. That's what they are. How dare you? <laughs> That's true. Speaking of the Vikings. Skull. Vikings. Skull. Skull. <laughs> Vikings Skull. at the Packers. The Vikings are plus. Oh, I can't wait to bet the Packers. Well, now you can bet them at minus three. Good. Uh, plus three, even money on the Vikings. Minus three, minus 120 on the Packers. And I, I'm leaning to the Packers as well. Um, although I, I still don't understand. When I said Packers over Miami last week, I didn't have one person I talked to about that go, I like that play. I like. Well, in fact, everyone, most people were like, "That's dumb." Everyone dude. thought it was a bounce back opportunity for the for the for the Dolphins, but then Tua got concussed and threw three interceptions in the fourth quarter. Well, I listen. This Packers team feels different, so that's the plan. Just knock Kirk Cousins down. Yeah, that's what. Did did Tua slip on a banana peel, or did the Packers knock him out of the game? Packers, they don't, well, not out of the game, but they knocked him out. They knocked him out. Yeah. Listen, the it feels like 
it feels like Aaron Rodgers is invested in a way that he hasn't been. It's microdosing early. It, it, I don't know what it is, but it feels like he's in, involved, and the team is rallying around him. Which, again, I'm one of these guys. I, I'm not. I haven't changed my opinion on Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers and Kyler Murray are like tag team champions of unlikable quarterback. Like, <laughs> if I could build a quarterback that I would not want on my team, it would be the son of Kyler Murray and Aaron Rodgers. But Especially because he'd be some demon child from two boys. Never happened in history. Uh, well, <laughs> you, you know, th- th- there's always a first, right, McKenzie? <laughs> I would be skeptical. I would give him a chance. Enough, come on. Enough drugs. You never know. But who would who would be pregnant, Rodgers or um, oh, Murray? Kyler has to be the he lady. He already looks pregnant. Yeah, Kyler's yeah, the woman. I don't know. Rodgers, <laughs> with all these advancements in Western medicine, I, I think Rodgers, actually Eastern medicine is what Rodgers is into. He'll probably find a way to carry this child. Yeah, I don't think so. I, <laughs> I think he's putting that on Kyler. You know, if you and I don't think Kyler take will, a woman's amniotic sac and you insert it into a man. I don't think I, – I mean, and imagine – That's Kyler, coming up next week on the Pat McAfee show. Kyler would be thrilled to have maternity leave and just play Call of Duty all week. Like, I mean, he'd love that. He'd love it. But I also – for a minute. I will say this. I think Kyler Murray will be a less effective runner after carrying a child. That's yeah, that's almost true. certain. That's and after having a knee blown out. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'll, give, I'll give you some stats here, though. So in the last 20 years – Teams with a uh, 70% winning percentage who are underdogs this late in the season are covering 41%. So they have a bad record against the spread. Now let's take a look at where exactly the Vikings are because they're better than a 70% win percentage. It's the 10th time in the last 20 years that we've seen a team with a 80% win percentage or higher Versus a team that has a sub-500 record. And that sub-500 record team is the favorites. Those favorites, those those bad teams that yeah. were favored over the good teams, 9-0 and straight up, 8-0-1 and against the spread. Wow, that's, that's a strong number. There's a reason yeah. why they're favored. There's a reason why the Packers are favored. Here's what the, the simple handicap here. The Packers I know that show. at home in December – Against Kirk Cousins, not, not in the early window. Not at 1 o'clock, yeah. And the, the Packers have won 14 straight December games. Packers playing for their – is it 14 or 15 now? I said 14 is what I saw. Oh, I, re- I ran that same query you just mentioned. Yeah. Back to 1989, I'm seeing 11 straight up, 11 ATS, and oh, Man. 12 wow. ATS margin. Listen, the Packers are playing for their lives. This is the other thing. The Vikings will know by kickoff if they've got a shot at the bye or not. If the Eagles beat the Saints, the Eagles are the one seed. Vikings now know. Well, see, McKenzie, that's you're in week window. 13 and later. So it's probably, that's even, that's, 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 so that makes it 11 and 0, but it's probably week 15 or later. Is, is your 8 0 or 7 0 and 1? Yeah, yeah, because it's December. More data, more results to your side. Yeah, Packers that's great. seem to be the side. Westgate and Circa now with three and a half sharp money coming in. It would seem Woo! on the pack. Let's make it a five star. All right. Let's look at the Rams and the Chargers. Why? The Rams plus <laughs> six and a half at the Chargers. I'll tell you this. LA is going to win. I agree. This is a this is a total stay away for me. Um the Chargers locked into a wild card spot. I think 
the idea that they're worried about seeding at this point when you have no idea who you're going to be playing mm-hmm. is is almost nonsensical. Here's what here's who I knew know is motivated. Baker Mayfield. Yes. I, he is the one guy who's out there playing for a job next year, literally. It's hard to take away much from oh, this is a, a a bad dad joke. From the Rams beating a dead horse last week. Nice. I just got that. Uh, all right. Thanks. Uh, Hold on one second. I got to think about this. Bronco. Bronco. Dead, dead horse. horse. Yeah, just, take my horse to the old town road. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Got yeah, it. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, but they're playing hard ever since Baker showed up. You got to yeah. give them credit. And there's no home field advantage. There's not usually much of a home field for the Chargers anyway. So six and a half points. Although their defense has looked really good the last few weeks, it makes me think that they they like they could just stifle the Rams completely, but I don't trust it. A total stay away from me. I would lean Rams, actually, over the Chargers here in this spot. Justin Herbert as an underdog versus as a favorite, it's 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 night and day. As an underdog, eleven and six ATS. As a favorite, he's fourteen, fifteen and one against. I'm not gonna. I won't stand for any uh, Justin Herbert bad talk. Yeah, no bad talk on that show. Uh, But the Chargers' defense has stepped up. They've allowed seventeen points or fewer in their last three games. It's so funny. Like, in after their game last week, the the post game show, all they talked about was two weeks in a row. Herbert hasn't thrown a touchdown. Chargers' offense sputtering at the wrong time. It's like. All you talked about all year long was where's the defense? Defense hasn't shown up. Now the defense shows up and you're like, eh, but Justin Herbert not looking great. I don't I mean the Chargers have these wild unrealistic expectations on them for some reason that I I can't quite grasp. Like the idea that they clinched a playoff spot with 2 weeks to go in the season to me, the Chargers have had a good season. Yeah. I I just think that this is such a close game and I think Baker you mentioned is playing well and so it's a it's a uh, it's a heavy it's a high spread. I would lean Rams, but I don't, I'm not going to play this. All right, Sunday night football: Ravens minus two and a half hosting bam, 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 the Steelers. Bam, bam. Uh, I think the Ravens. I, I don't know if Lamar Jackson could play or not. I think that if he could, the Ravens would probably say, "Let's sit him anyway, and think we can beat the Steelers without Lamar." And next week we've got a healthier Lamar playing for the division against the Bengals. That's, that's the right way to look at that's it. That's how I would think they'd look at it. But I, I don't know for certain. Here's what I do know. The Steelers' defense, with T.J. Watt on the field, they are the second-best defense in the league. They are fifth against the pass, first against the run. When Watt was out, they are the 31st defense in the league. 28th against the pass, 28th against the run. The Ravens have no weapons on the outside right now. They're going to have to run the ball to have success. And I just don't know if they can. Despite those Steelers numbers, the Ravens ran the ball down their throats, you know, when they played them a couple weeks ago. 42 carries, 215 yards, five yards per carry. But I also think that that win felt a little bit phony because that was Trubisky coming in uh-huh, after, like, uh-huh. coming in cold when yeah. Pickett got hurt. Um, the, the number that, that makes me not want the Ravens here. Pittsburgh under Tomlin, 10-2 and two ATS as a dog against the Ravens. Mike Tomlin gets his team up. When, when they say, oh, Ravens are better than you, Tomlin says, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, watch this, Bubba. 
And I believe Tomlin in like in these motivation spots is about as good as it gets. And he, and he, they still have a chance for to not have. They a still have season. a chance. Here's something that, I'm not counting them out. Here's something I found interesting about the Ravens since 2017. Actually, a losing record against the spread at home. A very good road team, 30 18 and one ATS on the road, but at home. 22 and 28, including two and five against the spread this season at home. So not a good team at home when it comes to covering the spread. To me, Steelers, one of my favorite teaser legs of the week. I agree with that. Bowl mania continued yesterday with three games. Three games. Three games. Three games. Starting with the bad boy Mohers Pinstripe Bowl. What did I say on the pod when we previewed this? I said Syracuse playing in New York at the Pinstripe Bowl. Ten points. Too much to give this team. Yes, it took a backdoor, but it doesn't matter because the Orange covered the game. Minnesota wins by eight. They did. 28-20 the final there. Florida State, who I'll be honest, I'm going to have heavy investment in Florida State next year. Jordan Travis is phenomenal, phenomenal at quarterback. And Oklahoma played better than I would have expected them to yesterday. Uh, and they did cover, which I was wrong on. I thought Florida State would walk walk all over yeah. them. Uh, Florida State wins, though, 35-32. I was also on the over. That gets there. Um, but this was, to me, this is, is all the more reason for me to be excited about Florida State. And I think Florida State wins the ACC next year. Mm. Um, and Cade Klubnik and, oh, and Clemson would have something to say I, about I'm that. I'm sure they will. And I'm sure I'll get a, a dog price yeah. on the Knolls. And finally, in the Alamo Bowl. Remember, remember the Alamo. The Alamo. Boy, this game was nothing like I expected it to be. I thought that there would be fireworks in Washington and Texas, nope. This was a grimy game, uh, and 27-20 Washington win, but there was only 30 points scored in this game going into the fourth quarter. Yeah. This was a, a, a you know a, a 13-3 game at halftime, 13-10 late in the third. Like this was a grind type game, uh, and Washington, as you you called this, you liked Washington plus three. I, just, I didn't. I stayed away from this game from a side uh, standpoint, but. Washington did a great job defensively in this game. Uh, I don't think either offense played as well as they would have thought. I, I, we were looking at this as like, ooh, this is QB central right here. Yeah. Michael Penix and Quinn Ewers about to shine. Neither one of them particularly shiny. No, last but, I, night. but I think what we what we saw, and I, I gave this out as a three-star last night on pregame.com, Washington, I, I wish I would have given out the money line, uh, but I gave Washington plus the three, and part of the handicap was there's, no running game for Texas, right? We talked about no Bijan Robinson, right? Roshan is it was out as well, and they, they ran for fifty-one yards. Yeah, in they, this they, game they, they couldn't om- run the ball. Well, they almost didn't try to run the ball. Like that—that's the weird thing to me was they—they they changed their entire philosophy that they've gone with all season long. And I get when you lose Bijan Robinson, it's it's hard not to. But I would have thought, boy, you probably don't want Quinn Ewers, a freshman, throwing it 50 times in a game. But that's what they went with. Yep. Uh, Either way, good win for Washington. And Texas finishes the season at 8-4. and Texas, not quite back yet. Five bowl games on the schedule today. You got Maryland, NC State, and the Dukes Mayo Bowl. NC State a one-point favorite, total 45 and a half. Pittsburgh, UCLA in the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. 
UCLA, eight-point favorites, 54 is the total. Notre Dame, South Carolina in the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. The Irish, three-and-a-half-point favorites, total of 50. Ohio and Wyoming in the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. Ohio, two-and-a-half-point favorites, 41-and-a-half is the total. And the Orange Bowl. Literally, the orange ball between <laughs> Tennessee and Clemson. Uh, Clemson, a six-point favorite, total 63-and-a-half. Here's what AJ and I had to say about these games earlier this week on the College Football Dream Preview Podcast. Let's take a look at the Mayo Bowl, the Dukes Mayo Bowl, Maryland. I just want to tune in for the final minute to see, the, mayo to see dump. the coach get dunked with Mayo. Maryland at NC State, uh, NC State minus one. And this is another game where you don't have a ton on the field for either team, really. Major opt-outs for both sides. The Maryland passing offense that was so good this year, and really the reason why they are bowl eligible, Mm -hmm. their passing offense was fantastic. Uh, Talia Tonga-Vailoa will play. No one else will. (laughs) No one else will. Four of their top six receivers out for this game. And... NC State defensively, they're, like given all those givens, the opt-outs for NC State, the uh, the opt-outs for for Maryland. I didn't mention any for NC State. Devin Leary's not going to play, obviously. But NC State's and defense, and they're missing um, some receivers as well. Yeah, yeah. NC State's defense is by far the best unit on this field, like it, on either side. Uh, this game would have been really interesting in the regular season. I'm not sure how much offensive success either team can have. Uh, Tim Beck is gone. He's going to be the coach at Coastal. The Maryland defense is dreadful. I I don't know. I just, I don't know what to expect because I, again, I don't think North Carolina state's going to light it up, No. but if you're going to light it up against anybody, it could be this Maryland defense, but and I don't know what to expect from Maryland without all their wide receivers. I think NC State has more motivation. Their bowl game last year got canceled. UCLA mm-hmm. had the COVID outbreak. Um, I would lean NC State. I would lean under 46 here. I would lean the under, yeah, and NC State as well. Uh, I think that it, it's – look, it's a home game, you know, uh, for NC State, right? How far is Raleigh from Charlotte? It's, it's got to be close, Couple right? hours, I'm sure. Two hours, maybe. Who knows? Still, you, you would expect them to have more fans at this game, uh, play with a little more pride, playing the game in-state as well. NC State's defensive front can get into the backfield. They, they've done. They've had great success. A lot of tackles for loss this season. I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Talia get sacked a bunch of times in this game or at least get panicked and have to run the ball, especially when his receivers don't get open because they're new wide receivers, and this is the only time that he's had really practicing with these guys this, this, you know, this time, getting ready for this bowl game. I think it's going to be hard on Mike Loxley to, to really get a, a good game plan going without – Many of his pieces, again, I keep bringing this up, coaches treat these bowl games like an extension of the offseason. And I think that's what this is for Mike Loxley because he's missing so many key players from this team that he needs to see what his team's going to look like in 2023. So you're going to see a lot of players playing that the announcers are going to say, hey, this guy only had uh, three catches this entire season, or that's his first catch of the season, or that's his first touchdown of the season, whatever. I think there's going to be a lot of inexperience on the field for Maryland, and that's why I like NC State. Raleigh, about a two-and-a-half-hour drive from Char- or to Charlotte, mm-hmm. and College Park, only about a six-hour drive to Charlotte. So I'm sure there will be some fans for both teams there. Um, but again, what are these Maryland fans coming down to see? 
They have not, not gone. Not their offense. Yeah. Uh, Talia's got other things to worry about. His brother's just had his ninth concussion. Oh boy. All right, let's look at the Tony. Is this the Tony the Tiger Bowl or the Sun Bowl? It's the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. So is Tony the Tiger the sponsor? Yes. But Tony the Tiger isn't even a brand. Kellogg's Frosted Flakes is the brand. Yeah. But Tony the Tiger is great. I don't understand this sponsorship at all. Like, if I if I said, okay, let me go buy some Tony the Tiger, you can't even buy it. But at least it's one of I guess the... it's better than the Frosted Flakes Sun Bowl, but sure. But at least it yeah, that'll be right. But at least it's one of the few bowl games that's played. In the bowl game name? Yeah, that's why I thought. Like, the maybe Sun Bowl is played at the Sun Bowl. The Liberty Bowl is played at, well, it's not that's called, why I thought it's called maybe, the Liberty Bowl Stadium now. But I thought maybe this was the Tony the Tiger Bowl being played at the Sun Bowl. See, that would, that, that, I, I, I can see your confusion, but no. Okay. It's the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl played at the Sun Bowl. By the way, you know, ever since Jerry's World came around and the Cotton Bowl doesn't get played at the Cotton Bowl anymore, mm-hmm. it's very frustrating. Oh, yeah. But at least... They still have Texas and oh, Texas OU always OU there. at the yeah. Cotton Bowl. Well, yeah. that's because the Texas State Fair. Listen, that's I, I've been to. Is there anything else the Cotton Bowl is used for besides Texas and Oklahoma? high school football playoffs? Okay. Um, yeah, there's a couple games they play there every year, but like the rodeo, not much. <laughs> they don't do much, and it's not a good stadium. Like it's super outdated. Like if. They should probably tear it down. Yeah. But because they have the the uh, the state fair there, they won't. I've been to probably a, a dozen of those games, mm-hmm. and it's an awesome atmosphere, but no big college football games get played in stadiums that crummy anymore. Yeah. It just doesn't happen. Well, the Sun Bowl's still around in El Paso, and that's why the Sun Bowl is still played at the Sun Bowl. My favorite Sun Bowl memory, and if you YouTube this, there's a clip. Uh, like, you know how they have that mountain? Uh, yeah, in it's, one it's, a, it's, it's an incredible scenery, scenic sight. There is a there's a, a video of a, a random UTEP game where a guy was getting a hand job up on that mountain. Oh, nice! And the camera zoomed in on the chick just <laughs> working it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's my favorite Sunbelt memory or my sun, my Sun Bowl memory. I don't know that I will say this. This game, Pitt UCLA, UCLA minus six, 53 and a half the total. This game, probably more than any other game, epitomizes the difficulty of handicapping the bowl season now. Hmm. Pitt, think about this. Pitt, probably a worse team than UCLA, full strength. I, I, and I say probably, and I mean absolutely. Yes. Like UCLA is better. Yes. Pitt is going to be without Keaton Slovis. Correct. Their quarterback. Mm-hmm. They will be without uh, Kalia Kansi, their all-American defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. They will be without their all-ACC linebacker, Servassier uh, Dennis. They will be without their all-ACC running back, Izzy Abanaconda. And that's like just a start. There's like four or five other mm-hmm. players who have opted out, like starters. I saw nine starters opted out for this game. Yet somehow UCLA is only a six-point favorite. And you would say, well, what about all the opt-outs for UCLA? That's where the difficulty comes in. Mm. There has been no announcement Correct. on DTR. At this moment, as we record this podcast, it appears that DTR is playing. He's been practicing. Yeah. Uh, Zach Charbonnet, been practicing. Mm-hmm. Jake Bobo. Jake Bobo, been practicing. practicing. Yep. 
do we think they're going to play? If you think those three guys are going to play, minus six is literally free money. Yeah. Like it, it, against the pit backups. I just don't, I, in my mind, I think, why would those guys play in this game? There's no reason. So to me, that's. Especially that says, after the season ended in disappointing fashion. Yeah. That's why I haven't run to place a bet on UCLA because I feel like there's going to be a bunch of people with UCLA tickets who are begging FanDuel and DraftKings for refunds because <laughs> I didn't know DTR wasn't going to play. I played over 400 yards. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what you're going to see here. And the fact that it's still at six makes me feel like someone knows something that I don't know. That's enough to make me want to stay away. I can't make a decision without more information. If it's if for whatever, even if it's for a half, and they say UCLA's offense is going to play the first half. Yeah. I, I like UCLA minus six. I'd probably play it to 10. But I don't know that that's going to be the case. And if those guys aren't playing, I don't want, A, I don't want to watch this football mm-hmm. game. I don't want to have any money invested in it. I don't. I'm not an insider enough uh, with UCLA's program to know the truth. I don't. I don't think anybody knows, but it seems like someone does. I'll say this: Give me under 53 and a half. For one, I think Pitt's offense is a disaster. Uh, no running game. Mm-hmm. No quarterback. It, it's a mess. And if UCLA doesn't play these guys, their offense is going to be dreadful as well. Under 53 and a half feels like the only play I could look at here. Let me ask you a question though. What is Dorian Thompson Robinson's NFL draft prospect? Like where like where would he go in the NFL draft? Probably third round. Maybe even later than that. Okay. I don't think him opting out of this game to prepare for the NFL draft does him anything. Okay? I think that he takes this moment, at least if I were him making this decision, all these players now, they got insurance on their injuries and everything like that. He can probably make some money in NIL or or make some money on the side doing some commercials if he has a big bowl game performance, whatever. I just think that take the time and play your final game as as a collegiate student, maybe even your final game ever as a star because his future might be in the... XFL, right? And maybe he's the star of the XFL. I just don't see Dorian Thompson Robinson as a highly touted NFL quarterback. No, I don't either. But I mean, I think he's an NFL quarterback. I think he's it's like somebody's going to look at his tools and go, yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that way if I get a use a fifth round pick on that guy, a day three pick. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take that on my roster. Um, but you're, you're right. I mean, could he could he have one more shining moment? Yes. I just don't know what anybody's motivation is. So that makes this a total stay away for me. Uh, let's look at the Gator Bowl. South Carolina and Notre Dame. Notre Dame two-point favorites, total of 52. And this is another game with massive amounts of opt-outs. Uh, South Carolina, Spencer Rattler is going to play, which great news. But that's about it. Might be the best player on the field. Yeah, Marshawn Lloyd. Uh, there, who's going to be an NFL running back in the portal. His backup has been injured. He's questionable for the game. South Carolina had multiple like top-tier pass-catching tight ends while they've all opted out they are transferred. They, they're not going to be there. We don't even know who's going to call plays for South Carolina because Marcus Satterfield's gone. 
Notre Dame's going to be without Drew Pine. Okay, not the end of the world. Except Buckner is like questionable. If he mm-hmm. like he's been he was supposed to have season-ending injury. Like it, like he his shoulder he was done for the year. Now suddenly like oh yeah no worry he's going to play and he'll be playing without Michael Meyer, the, which is the biggest loss. The, the best the best player on Notre Dame, uh, Isaiah Fasky. Uh, excuse me, Isaiah Fosky, their their uh, defensive end. He's out. The one thing that I know is going to be there on on game day is Notre Dame's rushing attack. Yes. And that's the only thing that I can trust in this game. South Carolina stinks against the run. Notre Dame, the only way I can look. But I think this is a pretty ugly game. So I, I lean Notre Dame. I lean under 52. Notre Dame's the side in this game. That's the only way I can look is because of their running game. Uh, I believe they're 6-0 and this year when they run for over 150 yards. Yeah. I think they'll get there. And if Buckner's banged up, what, what incentive do you have not to run the ball? That's just – this is – you know what? They played really well uh, for Marcus Freeman at times this year. But this is this is a, a time to kind of put a stamp on this season, move on. It wasn't as – it wasn't as successful as you wanted it to be, as you expected it to be. But good things are coming next year. Sam Hartman, probably going to be their quarterback next year. That's the rumors right now that that's where he's going. And then this Notre Dame team is going to be a real contender next year. So well, I, uh, but if they get Sam Hartman, it's yeah. like, woof. Yeah, yeah they're, they're going to be a real contender real. next year. Uh, the spread is low enough to me that it's almost pick the winner of the game. And I, I'm going to go with Notre Dame over South Carolina. All right, let's look at a real fun one. The Arizona Bowl, Wyoming and Ohio, minus one and a half, 42 and a half the total. I've been saying since Rourke got hurt, I will not back Ohio without him. Well, that that may change because mm-hmm. Wyoming has everyone in the portal. Their top four running backs are going to miss this game. One to the NFL. Uh, that's uh, Titus Wynn, who was dismissed from the team after the Fresno game. He entered the portal, then changed his mind, said, nope, I'm going to the draft. One is transferring. Two are injured. Whoever starts at running back for Wyoming will be getting their first snap of the season yeah. in this game. And this is the this is the bad thing for Wyoming. They can't throw the ball. Well, Wyoming doesn't all, throw. And, and they're also going to be missing their number one wide receiver, yeah. Josh Cobbs. I don't know how their offense functions. This is an 80% run offense that is without running backs. I don't know where the offense comes from. Again, I don't know where the offense comes from for Ohio either without Rourke. Their offense is just dreadful Mm -hmm. without him. Uh, I guess I I just, I have to lean Ohio minus one and a half because I, I've at least seen their crappy backups play, but under 42 and I God sucks playing a bowl game under this low, but where do the points come from? I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, I, I think Ohio is the only way to look in this game. Um, Wyoming's not going to be able to have a lot of success. Um, Ohio frustrated losing in the MAC championship game, but probably happy to get into a bowl game that is sponsored by Barstool Sports because I think they're going to get a lot of attention uh, that they wouldn't have necessarily gotten playing in some other bowl games. And I, I think that they're going to enjoy this experience. And you're not going to be able to watch. I think it's only televised on Barstool, so that's the only way you're going to be able to watch this yeah. game. Uh, Ohio is the way to go in this game. There's a lot of support for the MAC, 
in at Barstool. They love Mac schools. Wouldn't be surprised if uh, some some shady stuff goes down. Oh, not, no. uh, I'm not saying that that's going to happen, but uh, I just think in a in a in a game, yeah, they they want Ohio to win. All right, let's look at the Orange Bowl. This is the last game we're going to look at. How cool is it? We got two orange teams playing in the Orange that Bowl. That is kind of cool. Clemson minus five against Tennessee. The total 63 and a half. And this game should actually be pretty decent. Uh, I hate that Tennessee is going to be without Hinton Hooker. They were one of the most fun, fun teams in the country to watch. He's obviously out, though. Jalen Hyatt, the best wide receiver in the country. He's not going to play. Neither is Cedric, Cedric Tillman. Tillman out. For Clemson, they'll be without DJ. That's a bonus for them. Maybe. Because when they switched over to Klubnik in the in the championship game, made a world of difference. If they would have beaten South Carolina, Clemson's in the college football playoff. Yeah. Yeah. Here's what I don't here's what I like for Clemson. They their opt outs on defense, Miles Murphy and Trenton Simpson, both NFL opt outs, both rightfully so. Miles Murphy's probably a top five pick. Uh Trent Mur- Trenton Simpson's probably a first round linebacker. Okay. But it doesn't matter. They've been so deep on their front. Mm-hmm. They have four NFL guys that will be starting on the on the defensive line in this game. For Tennessee to have success in a post-Hendon Hooker world, they have to run the ball. And I got news for you. Not happening against Clemson. You ain't running on this defense. And they're not stopping Clemson's offense because you Tennessee is the fifth worst pass defense in the country. Every quarterback that they have played has gone absolutely wild against them. This is going to be if the if the championship game wasn't, this is the coming out party for Cade Klubnik to put the nation on notice that Clemson will be back next year. It's crazy to say back. They won eleven and two this year, yeah. right? But everyone seemed to have written them off. Well, it's not pretty. What they do is not yeah, pretty. Sure, but next year with Klubnik at the helm. They will be a force to be reckoned with. They'll be back in the college football playoff, in my opinion. This is the coming out party, and everyone's going to see how good this this kid is. Dabo goes balls out in bowl games. Yep. Um, and I think he feels like they need to win this game for it not to be considered a failure season. Yep. This is honestly this 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 is my best bet. Okay. Clemson to win and cover this game. I lean the under in this game just because I don't know where Tennessee's offense comes from. I, I, I think that they have a hard time. You can't bet an under with this Tennessee defense. Anthony Richardson threw for 450 yards. Bryce Young, <laughs> 400, Bryce Young, 455. Uh, Spencer Rattler, 438 yards and six touchdowns. Cade Klubin's going to throw for 350 and three scores, maybe by halftime. Yeah, you might be right. You can't take an under in a Tennessee game. All right. Well, I won't then. But Clemson is, yeah. Clemson's going to be able to stop the running game. They're going to score offensively. Dabble's going to coach this game as if it's a playoff game because that's really all he knows is coaching in playoff games. Right? Like, you look at the, what are they, what is he, 10 and 4 in bowl games? And a couple of those losses came in the college football playoff and the national championships. So he only knows coaching. Uh, bowl game, coaching playoff games. He's going to treat this like a playoff game. Clemson wins. Clemson covers. So those were our previews of the five bowl games coming up later on today. AJ, you and I are going to record a special episode actually later this afternoon, right? Yeah, and it'll be up uh, by this evening, and it'll cover all the games for Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Uh, including well, no, uh, yeah, well, there's uh, New Year's Eve, the New Year, there's no Sunday game. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Saturday and Monday then, mm-hmm. uh, and it will include all the all the college football playoff games. So, yeah, uh, absolutely, 
Uh, that'll that'll be on this feed and RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Whichever feed you're listening on, you're gonna get that. You're podcast. gonna get special bonus edition of the College Football Dream Preview coming your way Friday night. Uh, we're talking NBA, and when we talk NBA, we like to bring in our expert, NBA expert, Mackenzie Rivers. Mackenzie, the Celtics get a 116-110 win over the Clippers. This is, some people think, a, a preview of the NBA Finals. Yeah, it's very possible. These were the two title favorites coming in, you know, buried with the Warriors right in there. I think you walk away from this game encouraged if you're either side. For the Clippers, Kawhi Leonard, 26 points, very efficient. Shooting 47% the last five games. When he's out there, he's been quiet, and that's a big question mark. If it's answered to the positive, that's good for them. The Celtics, they win, they cover, so that's always good. And uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, another excellent game from uh, perhaps the best duo in the NBA. Was it Scotty, uh, Scotty Pippen, Michael Jordan level good? Is that how good it is? Because that's that's the thing, that's it, the scuttlebutt these days. There's always the question, <laughs> when you score 30 points, and you're like, okay, 30 points is a decent game. A lot of guys get 30 points. But the greatest player of all time was the greatest because he averaged 30 points per game for his entire career. So it was you know, just another game where they're excellent. But if you do that, if you stack that, then, yeah, you have the potential to be a Hall of Famer. Now, J- uh, Jason Tatum was asked about the idea of he and Jalen Brown being the next Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen. You took some offense to his, uh, his answer. Here's the thing. If he was asked about himself, then by all means, be the most humble guy. You know, throw it, throw it, the dirt on the fire or whatever you got to do. But when you're talking about a teammate and the potential you have, I mean, just think about this. If Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen were asked, can you be Isaiah Thomas or Magic Johnson in the future in 1991? <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. Michael Jordan, he thought he was the greatest of all time. And, and Jason Tatum doesn't have to believe that. But you got to big up your brother. You got to be like, yeah. I mean, he's scoring 27 points a game, seven rebounds, amazing efficiency. He's putting up stuff. Numbers that Scottie Pippen never did in his career. And I just did the, the quick math. If you just combine MJ and Scottie, Tatum and Brown this year versus 1991 when MJ won his first championship. Points per game, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, 60. MJ and Scottie, 51. Points, rebounds, and assists per game. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, 81 combined. Pippen and MJ, 77. They're a little bit better. I'm not saying – I'm saying there's a chance – and you gotta, you got to leave that opportunity open, especially when you're talking about a teammate. You don't put a cap on your ceiling saying, oh, well, we're not that good. I mean, how good do you expect us to be? I think he did the same thing in the finals. He's lowering expectations like, man, I'm 23. I'm in the finals. This is amazing. No. You have a responsibility to your teammates it, to do everything you can to try to win right now and be the best you can. We did talk about that when he's – like that quote made me say, yep, Celtics are not winning this thing. Warriors in six as soon as he said that. Yeah. Man, I can't believe it. Oh, I'm pumped to be here. Yeah, good luck winning after that. Uh, lots of fallout from – I don't want to call it Malice in the Palace Part 2. I guess they're not even in the Palace <laughs> anymore. But Little Caesars Brawlski. <laughs> Eleven <laughs> – Suspensions, <laughs> punches, punches, come from the the. Did no one laugh at that? I mean, no, come on. sorry, it was it was. I just got it. <laughs> come on, <it's> little <laughs> Caesars, pizza, pizza, punches, go. punches. I mean, if I have to Are... explain the joke, guys, <laughs> it's not a joke. If I have to explain it, I thought it was. Genius. I'm trying to catch up with you, brother. Uh, Killian Hayes and Mo Wagner both given multi-game suspensions. Eight. Other Magic players suspension: Cole Anthony, R.J. Hampton, Gary Harris, Kevon Harris, Admiral Schofield, Franz Wagner, Mo Bamba, Wendell Carter Jr. All suspended for a game. 
what this is going to be just over half a million in forfeited salaries. Uh, Hayes is going to lose the most at 121k, but this 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 scuffle happened in the Orlando bench area. It almost feels unfair, or in the Detroit bench area, it almost feels unfair that the Detroit players didn't have to leave the bench area because yeah. it happened to be where <laughs> yeah, they were yeah, at. Yeah, yeah. So this is a. I don't know. First of all, I'd love your thoughts on the suspensions, on the scuffle, and how the suspensions will impact each of these teams. I think it's a great opportunity to uh, look at the difference between stats and impact. And the thing is, there's so many suspensions, they can't suspend them all at once. Right. So they suspended a bunch of guys not named Franz Wagner on Friday. And then tomorrow, they're going to suspend Franz Wagner. Franz Wagner is probably more important than all those guys put together. Yes. Wendell Carter Jr. got a lot of pub. He was on Bill Simmons' trade value list. And he's like 60th by a, yeah, average rank I do, CBS, ESPN, 2K. But if you look at Dunks and Threes' estimated value and you add up all those other guys, most of them are negative. In front, and uh, Wendell Carter, who gets a lot of pub again, is a zero. Not even close to the w- impact of one player, Franz Wagner, is plus two and a half to the Vegas line. Uh, that's what EPM has. That's what I think he's worth to the Vegas line. It just happens to correspond that way. So, one, I think it's probably going to be overreaction from all those players not named Franz Wagner missing today. I also think Franz Wagner is in due for a big game because he knows he's not playing tomorrow and he's going to have to, you know, uh, put it all on his back. And I think he can. Second year player, uh, big up arrow next to Franz Wagner's name. All right. Well, there you go. So you you would maybe like to play on the Magic today then? Maybe I'd isolate Franz Wagner, do points, rebounds, assists over or something because he's going to have a rest day tomorrow. Mm. Yeah. Good call. Good call there. Forced rest day. Yeah. Speaking of that game, the Washington Wizards minus six and a half at those Orlando Magic. So we'll see how much of an impact that has. Lakers plus seven and a half at the Hawks. The Suns without Devin Booker plus two and a half at the Raptors. T Wolves plus six at the Bucks. Pistons plus eight at the Bulls. Sixers catching two at the Pelicans. Miami Heat plus five at the Nugs. The Jazz plus three at Sacramento. And the Portland Trailblazers, two-point favorites, the only road favorites on the day at Golden State. To the ice where we will start up in uh, Canada. That's up in Canada, eh? Canada. Uh, as the World Juniors continues, we hit on our two-star play yesterday at pregame.com. USA minus two and a half goals with a About 5 show one win over the Swiss. And uh, it was an important game because they needed to bounce back from their shocking loss to Slovakia. Plus, they needed goal differentials. So that's why I like them laying the goals. And uh, I mentioned how Canada was a 10.5 goal favorite over Austria, a team that has been outscored 20 to nothing in their first two games in this tournament. Canada won the game 11 nothing. They covered the spread. But the game total did not go over because that was at 11.5. So Austria has now been outscored. 31 nothing in three games. Oh, God. They play against Germany coming up later on today. Germany has been outscored in their games. They lost their first game, one nothing to Sweden. Then they lost 11-2 to Canada. So they have a 12-2 goal differential, negatively, obviously, 12 goals against and only two goals for, and Austria 31-0 goals against and goals for. So what would you, the bookmaker, make this game coming up here today? I'm not the bookmaker. I've got no idea. All right, Germany minus 2.5 uh... with a total of 6.5. My question is, 
Can Austria score a single goal in this tournament? Isn't Ger- didn't Germany lose eleven to nothing? Also, I said they lost uh, eleven to two to Canada. Eleven to two. Yep. They're going to give up a goal. Austria will will score. Although they they lost to Sweden one nothing in a very very tightly contested game. But Sweden's pretty good, I think. Sweden is good. Sweden would be good at hockey. I'm going to give Aust- Austria one goal. The now this is Austria, not Australia, right? Correct. Yeah, give me one goal for Austria. Austria's boy, my, third line. I boy, think Mike, this water's pretty cold. <laughs> it's it's ice. Hey, hey, what's going on over here? <laughs> ice? You call this ice? <laughs> this is ice. Uh, <laughs> so right now, uh, both. Uh, While they hitting that thing with the boomerang. <laughs> yeah, that's a hockey stick, friend. Germany. Uh, both teams have zero points, so the winner of this game will uh, be in the fourth place position in the Group A, which means they'll go to the quarterfinals. Oh, uh, what, a pri- what a prize! <laughs> yeah. Where they'll be <laughs> where bludgeoned. Gonna, where they'll get blown out by the winning team in Group B, which is either going to be Finland or the United States. I think Germany wins this game. I, I'll lay the two and a half goals with Germany just because I don't think Austria nets a single puck in oh, net. Oh, you're terrible. Sorry. The other game, uh, Latvia and Slovakia. Slovakia, a one and a half goal favorite over Latvia. And I, I, I think Slovakia might be a sucker bet. This is why. The Slovaks beat the United States. And everyone's going to look at that game and think that, wow, this 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 team is really good. A 6-3 win over the United States. They I'm have, not buying into that. Limor Nemec is the best player on the ice for them. And he was uh, the second overall pick by the New Jersey Devils. So, obviously, immense talent with him. The U.S. beat Latvia 5-2. to two. So, if you're just looking at, like, the, uh, what's that called? The transitive property, McKenzie? Yes, sir. Right? You're thinking, well, if the U.S. beat Latvia 5-2 and Slovakia beat the U.S. 6-3. That's hockey math. It should be an easy win for Slovakia over Latvia. Latvia lost their next game, a uh, 3-0 loss to Finland. And Slovakia, uh, in their other game, was a 5-2 loss to Finland. So both of them lost by three goals to Finland. But Slovakia is the better team, the better offense. I, I don't know why this spread is only a goal and a half and why Latvia is actually juiced. Minus 120 at plus a goal and a half. Here's what I will say. The Latvian goaltender is playing out of his mind. He's had a really good tournament. Elvis so Merzlikens Jr. It's not Elvis Merzlikens. <laughs> I thought it was Elvis Merzlikens Jr. No, it's not Elvis Merzlikens Jr. Elvis Merzlikens is uh, actually from Latvia. That's a really good call out of you. I, I mean, obviously, I'm an expert. Yeah, it's a really good job. <laughs> I think that this game could go under. I like under five and a half between Latvia and Slovakia. And then, uh, you know, we got coming up games for the United States and Canada will finish off their groups. There's no lines out on their games yet. But the rest of the games that we'll see from... The, the, the two favored countries, the United States will play Finland coming up on Saturday. Canada will play Sweden and uh, the United States with a chance to win the group with a victory. Canada as well will win the group with a victory. And then those teams will obviously be on a collision course for the final, which is what everyone really wants to see. Right. We just we just want to fast see forward to the final the United States taking on Canada. Let's take a look at the NHL schedule here for Friday. Really good game between the Devils and the Penguins. Pittsburgh minus 125. The game is in Pittsburgh. The Devils uh, coming off of a tough, hard-fought battle against the Bruins when they lost 3-1. to It was a 1-1 game all the way to late in the third period. The Bruins took the lead, and then they eventually got the empty netter, which made it a 3-1 game. Penguins, meanwhile, have lost three straight games. So... We have a team that's playing eh, maybe that little hiccup here for the Penguins. 
Devils looking to regain the, the the form that they had at the start of the season when they were playing like the best team in the NHL. Might take a look at the Devils as dogs. Devil dogs. We've gone through this before. You've never heard Hoorah. of them. I have them. But Devil dogs. Panthers, Hurricanes, another great game. And the Hurricanes right now, minus 190. And it's probably uh, going to be a really good goaltending matchup. Peter uh, Kiochetkov is likely going to be in net for the Canes. And because Sergei Bavrovsky started last night for the Panthers, I would expect Spencer Knight to be in net for uh, Florida in this game tonight. If that's the case, under 6.5 is going to be the play for me. Once I decide on if that's going to be a play or not, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to post it on pregame.com. If you don't get any of my plays right away. Maybe you want to buy a daily play, like last night's three-star play on Washington plus three. Well, go to pregame.com and buy it. You want to take care of AJ's college basketball or college football plays or NFL plays this weekend? Go to pregame.com and buy it. You want to play a McKenzie NBA play? Go to pregame.com and buy it. But here's the best part about it. I'm not asking you to spend your money. What I'm asking you to do is if you are not a pregame.com member, you can sign up right now, and you will get a free $25. That's free $25 to spend on any best bet. How much is your three-star best bet? $25. Only that math works so out. So you get it for free if you're not a member of pregame.com. If you are a member of pregame.com, and you've already used your free $25, well, now you have access to all the other promos that we give out. And we give you pretty much 20% on every episode. Yeah. So here's 20% off promo code. I'll let you guys choose. We've gave out two promo codes this week. If you haven't used them, use them now. You know why? Because if you don't use them, you'll lose them. That's right. I've heard that. Toast 20, cheers 20. One or the other. If you used one, use the other. If you used them both, well, you're be greedy. On, be on the lookout for that uh, <laughs> special 2023 bonus that should be in your out in your uh, cart. There you go. Because uh, pregame.com members get a special gift for the new year. So toast 20 and cheers 20, 20% off for listeners of this podcast. And remember, we've got a special episode coming up later on today uh, for our college football pods. So, college football playoffs, yeah. Yeah, so you'll want to uh, stay tuned for that as well. So if you listen to that, we'll and talk I got to news. you later on. We're going to give you 20% off there, too. Yeah, exactly. If you listen to that, we'll give you another 20% off. But we will talk to you. So I'm not going to say Happy New Year to those that are listening. So it should be all of you. But to the small percentage of you that are not going to listen to that podcast, maybe it's like all the hockey fans up in Canada that don't care about bowl season. Hey, listen, guys. Have a happy and a healthy and a safe New Year. Okay? We love you all. We thank you all. And we ain't going anywhere. We'll be back in 2023. And as the old cheesy dad joke goes we'll talk to you next year <laughs> for Mackenzie Rivers and AJ Hoffman I'm Scott Seidenberg we are straight out of Vegas AM <laughs> <laughs>